It's time for the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. We are your hosts, Agent ETA and Agent Anderson. Come along as we examine UFO sightings, conspiracies, and all things strange. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out all of our other wonderful links in the description on the link tree. This week's episode, Obscure Cryptids. As chosen by our Patreon subscribers, we have three tiers for you to choose from. The first tier will get you after hours and early access. The next tier gets you bonus episodes, and the final tier allows you to vote on upcoming topics. This week, we are going to do, um, for the bonus episode, I want to do, I haven't recorded it yet, actually, which is horrible because it's Friday, but it'll be out next week anyways. I want to do Special Report 14 from Project Blue Book. It was the largest statistical analysis that they ever completed, and it's available online through the Black Vault and other places. So I wanted to take, you know, a look at, peruse that a little bit. I'm not going to read through it front to back because I think it's over 300 pages, but I might read through like the introduction and a little bit of it and then just sort of go over what they did with the report, the statistics that they compiled and all that stuff. It's quite an interesting study and I think it's, it'd be a good one to talk about, but so that's probably, that's what I'm gonna do. I'll probably record that tomorrow and then have it out early next week. All right. But this time we're doing obscure cryptids. There are so many of these things. If you're just like a bitch ass casual, you know, like when it comes to cryptid cryptids, I pretty much am. I don't really read about these things all that often. You know, you hear about Bigfoot, you hear about the Loch Ness monster. And then depending on your region, you might hear about the skunk ape or whatever, wherever you live, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's pretty much it. But if you look around, there's actually dozens, if not hundreds of these, yeah, there's so many, there's so many of these things. Obscure cryptids. One of the the things that really kind of strikes me as like a a common theme, I guess you could say, if even that, but like everywhere you go, no no matter what continent you're on, like there's always stories of cryptids, you know, they're, they're always, you know, present and around, you know, it's, it's a, a very common thing for, for a culture to have descriptions of a quote unquote cryptid creature, an animal that hasn't been caught hasn't been, you know, um, like, like, uh, hasn't been, um, damn, I'm brain farting here, sir. <laughs> edit. Has, yeah, edit. Yeah, they, they haven't been, uh, you know, investigated very thoroughly. Uh, some of them have, but some of them haven't. It's, they're just like creatures that are known of, and a lot of people may, you know, say that they have seen it or experienced a, a cryptid, but like, there isn't much evidence for the majority of them. They're just stories, you know, for the most part. So there is some evidence for some of them, but like, it's just, it's one of those things. It's like a wild tales that are present around the entire world. You know, they're, they're, they're always there though. There are actually quite a few, uh, what you may refer to as former cryptids, things that were once considered to be cryptids mm-hmm. and are no longer uh, maybe I'll do actually next week. I kind of want to do a bonus episode talking about some of these. There's a bunch. I could probably do easily two or three episodes on these, but there's things on here like the African peacock or the Australian snub fin dolphin or the Montauk monster or 
the yeah. Newfoundland blob or Okapi, the platypus, the devil bird, discovery, yeah. discovery of the Yeti. I, I want to check that article out. That sounds interesting because I don't know about Yetis, man. Uh, there's the Yeti yeah. crab. I'm going to talk about the Yeti crab today. <laughs> uh, oh, really? There's the Grigson cow. That sounds interesting. Hogzilla. The, the Indonesian Kolka, C-O-E-L-A-C-A-N-T-H, Kolankanth. I don't even know how to say that. There's, dude, there's a uh-huh. ton of these things here, a ton of these suckers. So I'm going to go, there's, there's not nearly as many of these as there are Mike the Headless Chicken. What the hell? <laughs> what is that? I don't know. What? Yeah, that's one of, okay. That, so there's a few of these things, man, that, um, that, were used to be considered uh, cryptids and they turned out to be real. One that's not on here that I'm pretty sure used to be considered a cryptid was the panda bear. You know, people heard tale of the panda bear, Europeans anyways, people living in China or wherever they had them. I I think it's just China. People in China obviously knew it was real, but people in Europe heard the stories of this big giant teddy bear (laughs) that ate trees and they probably thought it was complete nonsense until they had firsthand evidence that it was real. They're like, oh, shit, this thing's real. There really yeah. is a big, giant teddy bear that eats trees or, you know, bamboo, but whichever. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there, there's a there's a bunch of animals that they fall into that category, which, you know, like throughout time, you know, the Western culture didn't have. And I think that's where it comes. A lot of it comes from, like, you know, the Western culture not having experience with these animals. And so they don't think that they're real. Even like uh, in, like in Africa, hyaline gorillas, you know, were, were thought to be a myth, you know, until you know we went into those areas and and discovered, oh, okay, yeah, these are these are actually real, you know, yeah, or even things like the dodo bird, you know, which you know is extinct now, but it has been proven that that was an actual animal, you know, at one point. Yep, it was a silly animal. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into it, man. I got a bunch of these. ETA's got a couple, so we'll we'll get a fair amount of coverage here. But if you're ever curious to look into it yourself, just Google cryptid. And there's a few websites that are good places to start, like let's say Wikipedia. But even Wikipedia does not have all of them, so it's a good place to start. Plus, yeah. the Wikipedia articles are not necessarily that great. You know, they they pretty much come at it where like, okay, this is all a bunch of bullshit. And it's like, well, maybe, but maybe not. Maybe it's not a bunch of bullshit because, as I just said, some of these end up being real. Which ones? You know, not that many of them. Which ones? Who knows? Only time will tell. All right. I'm going to start off with something that's almost certainly definitely not real unless you live in Iceland called the Yule Cat from Iceland. This was requested a long time ago by Pac-Man33 on Discord, and I've been itching to fit this into an episode somewhere but it just hasn't had a place anywhere yet so now i get to talk about it (laughs) so the yule cat less of an actual creature more on the side of like folklore but who knows maybe it's out there somewhere eating up kids it's basically a terrifying creature in iceland that eats children that didn't receive any new clothes on christmas eve yeah i thought it was just a cute little kitty cat well it's a cute big giant kitty cat that likes to eat people (laughs) iceland has a long history of wool production and this story goes back centuries i don't know exactly when it originated but there's 
references of it probably as early as the 16 or 1700s. So this one's been around for a long, long time. Now the wool production, they would, they would make clothing, right? And a lot of the chores to produce wool and wool like clothes, they were done by the whole household, kind of like on a farm. It wasn't like you just had one person doing stuff. Everybody had to participate. And if one person wasn't lazy or if one person was lazy, they probably wouldn't get a new piece of clothing that year for Christmas. So to punish these people, the Yule cat will stalk around and peek into your window and they'll see that all this kid doesn't have new clothes this year and they will stalk that child and eat them. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I mean, uh, that's one way to promote good work ethic in a, a child, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And it is actually probably the cutest and fluffiest way to die. So there is that. <laughs> but I mean, unless you're getting ripped apart by that fluffy animal, I don't know. It's, yeah, know, it depends. Not very cute. Some cats like to play with their prey. They don't really eat them right away. They just sort of play with them a little bit and then kill them. And uh, other cats like to, you know, snap that stuff up and just pretty much swallow it whole. So depending on which yule yeah. cat you get, you might have a quick experience or a shitty experience. <laughs> Depends if you get a cool cat or a, uh, you know, a, a, a fussy cat, you know, yep. I don't know. I'm, I'm not very much of a cat guy myself. There are, I mean, there are, I don't mind cats, you know, but I just like, I've said it before. Like if a cat was big enough to kill you, it probably would, you know? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, if uh, it's I hate to get morbid here, but <laughs> I've heard tale told that, uh, you know, by people who are like, you know, EMS drivers or whatever, ambulance drivers, when they go to houses where somebody's passed away, the cat will start chowing down on their owner like immediately. Whereas dogs, dogs will wait until they're literally starving to death and they have no choice. And then of course nature kicks in and then they might start taking a chomp, but they don't want to, you know? (laughs) Well, I've I've actually, I've talked to people that have responded to those very situations, like out in the desert, somebody's like, uh, you know, passed away in a, a trailer or something like that, or even a house, whatever. But uh, yeah, that uh, I've, I've heard stories from, you know, secondhand to me, but firsthand from the person who was telling it to me, um, they found, you know, a, a dead bloater is what they call them sometimes, depending on how many days they've been dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, yeah, sometimes like they'll have like the, like the face, like the cheeks and like the nose and stuff like that sometimes will be uh, munched on, you know, because the, the cats are, you know, they can't get access to food or I mean, they have to eat something, right? So desperation kicks in. No, it sucks, but it is what it is. Like, I, I don't necessarily blame them for it. I mean, it just, it is what it is. But I feel like, you know, like, uh, I think dogs, the reason why they don't do that is because like, you know, most, uh, well, I mean, most cat breeds also, but dog breeds in particular have been, you know, they've been developed, you know, by humans that they've been bred to be a, a companion, companion to a human, you know? Well, I mean, dogs are people. Of, All right. Dogs are people too. They can be people too. Yeah. Sure. And most yeah. people don't go around eating other people unless they absolutely have to. And that's why yeah. well, dogs there's don't. a couple, but. Cats, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cats, they don't eat people. I mean, they, they aren't, they do eat people. They aren't, I meant to say, cats aren't people, so they do eat people. <laughs> Edit. Yeah, they're much more, they, they seem like they're, cats have much more independent personalities than dogs do, you know? Yeah. In in general, I guess you could say, of course, those dogs out there that have independent personalities, what have you, don't listen to you, don't mind you, you know, but like, it seems like cats are, as far as pets go, 
they're just, uh, you know, I mean, what what use have we ever got out of them? And besides, like, you know, like uh, keeping control of, like, mice and stuff like that, you know? That's pretty and useful, but they also, they don't get just rodents. They also get lizards, which are beneficial because lizards eat bugs. They'll eat birds. They, yeah. they, they'll catch all kinds of stuff. So it's not all beneficial. Some of it is. Mm-hmm. The rodents are definitely worth getting rid of. But yeah. some of the other stuff isn't, you know? Yeah. I feel like, you know, the, the just of my point here, I guess you could say, is like I've come into contact with a lot more asshole cats than I have dogs. Yeah. I mean, Although like, there, it just, there is one exception. There's a cat down the street from us. We see it all the time when we go on walks. It's oh yeah. the nicest cat I've ever met. Like, hands down. It is such a sweet cat. But that's the only one I've met like that. <laughs> There's a grand total yeah. of one, you know. Didn't, uh, w- when I came up to visit you last time, we encountered that cat, right? When when we were walking to the store. Yeah, it's on the way to the store. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That cat was cool as shit. Yeah, you know, it's like as soon as he sees a person walking up, like by the fence, he just like runs up to the fence and like, oh, pet me, pet me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a good, he's a good kitty. That's the only good kitty I know. Well, Billy's pretty good too, so I know two good kitties. But kid, Billy's a little shit though. Is he? <laughs> yeah, he'll be. He'll come up to you all purring and stuff. Then you start petting him, and he's like, "Ah, oh, happy purr." And then when he's done, he's like, "Okay, fuck you, I'm done." And then he'll bite you or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I don't know. Now, no warning. Yeah, he's like, "Okay, I'm done. That was my scratch. Fuck off." Yeah, he's a little shit. <laughs> I still, I like him anyways, though. He's still a good kitty. Even, yeah, he's a good cat, even if he has incredibly bad manners. <laughs> we were sending earlier. Uh, Aging Ether sent me a picture of like a puppy or something. Uh, from the, one of the local shelters that needs to be adopted. So I was sending her, I went on Pet Finder and I was sending her some pictures and we're like, let's get another dog, you know? <laughs> we're like, okay, let's do it. Oh, I like this one. You know, there's like all these little cute ones, but I don't know if we're going to do it because, I mean, two dogs is already a lot to take care of. And then once you get a third one in the mix, you know, then it starts becoming chaotic. Uh, definitely can, yeah. And I don't know how vet bills work where you are in your neck of the woods, but they are fucking expensive right here. We had to take. I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it matters where you go. Vet bills are always very expensive. Yeah, we had to take uh, Toby when we we only had him a couple months, and he got a skin infection on his head, probably from scratching himself too much. I don't know. I took him in. The overall vet bill just for a skin infection was like five hundred bucks. Like five hundred bucks. You got to be. Mm-hmm. effing kidding me that's that's ridiculous like when did it get this expensive i don't know maybe it was always this much who knows but anyways i always got to take care of my dogs some people they just you know they're like okay well maybe he'll get better maybe he won't but like i said my dogs are people dogs so when they get sick i take them in if i can if yeah I can, if i can get an appointment sometimes you can't even get an appointment <laughs> but all right let's get back to the show uh this show is not about my <laughs> cryptids it's about other cryptids so the next one I've got is the Ningen. I'm not sure how you pronounce this exactly. It's N-I-N-G-E-N. It's a Japanese word. This is a large aquatic creature seen in the sub-Antarctic oceans. It's up to 100 feet long and has arms and legs like a person. It's like a big giant sea monster, apparently. It's whale-like in appearance, and it has an elongated head and body. It has two beady eyes and a slit for a mouth. There are sightings that apparently go back to the 1700s by Japanese sailors 
uh, nin- ninjin in Japanese, by the way, means human. So it be, they call huh. it that way because it's like a humanoid, right? It's like a humanoid whale. Just picture a whale and a human having a baby. <laughs> and, and, uh, and that's kind of what it looks like. What's that? Um, have, boys, haven't you heard that song by Loverboy? <laughs> but anyways, huh. you know, was it pig, pig and elephant DNA just don't splice? That's the their number oh, yeah. one hit. <laughs> <laughs> but by the way, I showed Asian egg. Um, I, I, I sometimes one of my favorite bits from South Park is beefcake. You know, beefcake, beefcake. So I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Sometimes I'll just say beefcake, and then Asian egg was like beefcake. What's that? Because he's uh he's only eleven years old, so he hasn't seen the South Park yet. So I I showed him just clips of just beefcake where he's doing the weight gainer and stuff. You know, yeah, are you like, a 90 pound weakling? weakling? Yeah, yeah, I'm 90 pounds. I weigh 90 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. I don't I don't know why that I that one just gets me. It's so hilarious. But yeah, so I showed that to Asian Egg and he's like, Am I old enough to watch South Park? And I was like, Yeah, yeah, you probably are 11. I don't know, I guess. That's probably old enough, depending on well, some episodes. <laughs> not, yeah, they maybe they maybe get, not the one crazy. Maybe not the ones with like Mr. Hands trying to see who can stick the biggest thing up their butt. That that might not be appropriate. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the story of uh what was that what was that episode? The the story like the the, the journey of Tiddlywinks, whatever, he sticks like a gerbil up his ass. Yeah, yeah, that one yeah. So that might not be appropriate, but some of them <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I might have to uh <laughs> is this like goes on like a quest with like middle medieval music and shit. <laughs> yeah, it's it's meant to like uh basically like like it's it's kind of like a uh, a Lord of the Rings like story, right? Yeah, yeah, sort of. Yeah, it's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. So some of them are not appropriate, but my favorite episode I think would be appropriate, and that's from the first season, the Halloween episode called Pink Eye, where oh, yeah. <laughs> you remember that one where they oh they, yeah <laughs> it starts off with they're embalming a corpse and they accident somebody's one of the people one of the coroners or uh, morticians, I think, whoever, whatever you call them, that's embalming it, they're like eating something like French fries with Worcestershire sauce. And like, why do you eat that crap? It's like, oh, it's just so good. And they accidentally tip the bottle of Worcestershire sauce into the embalming fluid. And then it shows a close-up of the bottle. And it says, warning, do not use as embalming fluid. (laughs) Like, like, who the fuck is using Worcestershire sauce as embalming fluid? Where where the hell did they come up with this? It's so so stupid, but it just, I don't know, I find it hilarious. So uh, then everybody becomes a zombie, of course. It's a really good, really good episode. I love that one. That's my favorite one. Anyways, let's get back. Let's get back to the kaiju. I mean, not the kaiju, the the ninjin. So the ninjin uh, are are so-called because they look like humans. Uh, they're usually seen at night, and because the sightings are in the Arctic, it's believed by some that they hide under the ice most of the time. Because I think the water goes under the ice quite a bit in some places, so they could just live under there, and they could only come out under certain circumstances, which would explain why they're almost never seen. The first modern sighting was in the early 2000s, when a research vessel saw what they first thought was a submarine. But when they got closer, or when it got closer to them, they realized that it was alive and it was moving around like an actual sea creature. 
The cool thing about this particular one is there are some pretty good photographs online, photographs and videos of them moving around and videos of dive, divers seeing an object that kind of looks like a like one of these things. Now, a couple of them, maybe more than a couple of them, definitely look a little fake, a little on the fake side, but it's still fun to suspend disbelief and say, what if this is not a digitally enhanced photograph or a CGI movie? What if this is an actual real creature? You know, but there's actually a handful of them that look somewhat compelling that, you know, maybe it's not a photo of a video of an actual like human whale type creature, but maybe it is actually an unknown rare or rare undiscovered species that is, you know, hiding in the depths or underneath ice shelves. So we don't see it that often. I mean, it's possible there are undiscovered species on our planet that we haven't found yet. So maybe this is one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in the oceans. Yeah. Google a picture of this thing and you'll see like, there's some of them that look pretty interesting. Uh, A lot of them don't, (laughs) but there are a few of them that you're like, huh? All right. That looks a little bit weird. how How do you spell it? It's N I N G E N. There are some theories. Some people say it might be a beluga whale, because there are certain similarities. Like they say that the Ninjin is like totally white, like completely, completely oh, white. Yeah. But okay, I've seen some of these pictures before. Yeah. But the beluga it's whale weird... is only in the north and the Ninjin is only seen in the south. So that one's unlikely. What, what were you going to say, oh, Agent okay. ETA? Well, I was just saying it's a weird looking creature. I could see yeah. how it might, like a beluga whale, if uh, seen from the, a, a weird perspective or what have you, could could be mistaken for something else, I guess. You know, because it, I mean, as far as like the color and like the shape of the head of some of these pictures, it kind of looks like a, like a beluga whale, you know? Yeah, but the big old belugas don't live in the south. They only live in the north, according to the googly machine. And you know, that's never wrong. So that makes me an expert in beluga whales now. Yeah. <laughs> But, but, uh, that's, I mean, who knows just because they're not known to live in the South, it's possible. So let's say if you're on an expedition by the Antarctic and if you saw a beluga whale down there, you're like, dude, belugas don't live here. So this must be something different, something completely weird. And you see it Mm -hmm. during the nighttime when it's hard to see anyways, it's possible that you could see a beluga whale down there that somehow got there. Who knows how it got there, but it's not. It's not impossible. So that, I mean, I think that is a reasonable explanation that one of them somehow migrated down there and somebody saw it and then they misidentified it for this thing because they freaked out. They're like, whoa, what is that? You know, but there's other explanations are uh, exotic species, like some sort of giant manta ray and (laughs) an aquatic sloth. All right. Why not? Aquatic sloth. Really? Yeah. That's one of the (laughs) theories, I guess. Um, Aliens, of course, because why not? Always got to throw them in the mix, you know, because mm. <laughs> there's a big giant hundred foot long alien that's going to come here and we're not going to notice it and they're going to go swim around in our southern oceans. <laughs> or yeah, it could also be a weather balloon too, you know? Yeah, weather balloon, yeah. Or a distant relation somehow to the humans, some kind of hominid branch that evolved to live in the water. Or as I said earlier, you know, some kind of kaiju or something. <laughs> So those mm-hmm. are the particular 
uh, possibilities of this particular one. I really like this one is so much fun. I really like this one, you know, because it's it's just a whale that kind of looks like a person. It's really cool. All right, that's all I have for that one. Do you want to step in here, Aging ETA, with one of your cryptids? Sure. Yeah. All right. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I had to clear my throat there. All right. So the um, the first one I'm going to uh, mention is uh, called the Snallygaster. And I actually kind of like that name. It just sounds silly, you know. It's a mm-hmm. snallygaster, like a what is that? Like a you know, the, a type of booger that comes out of your nose or something. What the hell is that? You know? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it's it's a it's so this type of cryptid is is referred to commonly as a chimera, and it's uh, referred to uh, by that name because it's like a a, a mashup of different types of uh, animals, I guess you could say. So it's a it's 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 a somewhat of an older uh, cryptid and, um, it's basically part bird, part reptile. And there's a couple different, uh, descriptions uh, of this, uh, this, uh, chimera, you know, um, and we'll get into it, but like it's, it's been described differently, uh, throughout, you know, uh, a period of time, you know, there's been a couple different, uh, outbreaks of, uh, of the Snallygaster and the majority of area, uh, the area that, that this thing typically is said to have been uh, experienced or uh, witnessed was in uh, around Maryland. And so it's a, uh, you know, North, Northeast uh, United States. And um, the, the cryptid in question here um, was first described by like a uh, German immigrants that came to, to the United States and that's where the origin of this this uh this story comes from. Um, so uh, in the area of like uh, Frederick County in, in Maryland, um, there's a it was, it's an area that like there was a lot of like early German in- immigrants, and uh, some of the earliest tales uh, that we have of this creature was uh, around like the 1730s. And originally from these uh, German immigrants, uh, the original name was actually uh, Schneilergast. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly or not, but I, it's something like Schnellergast. But like, it, it, sounds and, close enough. You know, yeah, sounds good to me. It's something like that. So at any rate, uh, in translation into from German to English, uh, what that means is quick ghost. So this cryptid was described as being a flying cryptid. Um, it was half bird, half uh, reptilian type creature. And it also was just described as having like a, a metallic beak that was like razor razor sharp that had like teeth. You know what I mean? Which to me is it, it kind of I don't know. Like, have you ever seen a bird that has teeth? You know? Like, <laughs> I don't. The, no, I have not. There might be some out there. I don't know. I mean, it's it's possible. It's possible, right? But like to me, if you have a beak, like you probably don't have teeth. You might have some like uh, I don't know. Some teeth of, of like, uh, but it's part of the beak though. I've seen birds out there like that, you know, they have like serrated like uh, beaks, I guess you could say, you know? So uh, this, this uh, creature was like described as being quite, quite the terrifying uh, creature, you know, it, it was, it was a monster, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, this thing also, so uh, we'll get into another description of, of the, the creature uh, it, it was also described as having like like tentacles coming out of its mouth. Like people didn't know whether it was like a tentacle or like a tongue or whatever. There was multiple of them, you know. And like there, it's it's a very weird looking creature. This is, I mean, if you look it up on like Google Images or anything, 
um, it's kind of like there's a lot of different incarnations of, of this cryptid. So I, I don't know which one is, you know, the one I would, if I were to uh, believe the story, yeah, I don't know which one would be the right one to believe, I guess, but there's a lot of different incarnations of it. But uh, yeah, it had, had razor sharp teeth. Um, it was said to have like, like, like been capable of swooping down from above and being very quiet and like, like, like uh, basically just picking people up off the ground and carrying them off to their demise. You know what I mean? Uh, it was also described as being like a, like a bloodsucker. Like it wouldn't, uh, this, this cryptid wouldn't like eat the whole body. Like there has been descriptions of that happening also. Like, like this, this one is kind of like, it's a little bit all over the place as far as the, 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 the descriptions you'll hear about it. But the more common description, as far as the way it feeds, uh, I've heard that it's like a bloodsucker. Like, you know, it, it'll like uh, basically, you know, like rip your neck open and like suck all the blood out, you know, which is kind of terrifying. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but like, uh, the Snelly gasser though, and, and like with his octopus, like tentacles, you know, would, would, would rip your throat, throat open, you know, and, and suck all your blood out and stuff. And it's kind of funny too. Cause like, uh, one of the ways that some of the people in this area said that they could keep the creature at bay was putting a seven pointed star, like on, on the side of their house or the side, side of their barn. And uh, I've actually seen that before. Like when I started looking into this and stuff, like uh, I've seen like pictures of like, you know, barns and, and stuff in this area, you know, or, you know, throughout, throughout the country really. But like in this particular area, like once I saw some of these depictions of these barns with the seven pointed stars to, to keep the Snellagaster at bay, I was like, oh, I recognize that. I've seen that before, you know? And I didn't even like when I saw it before, like I didn't even, I, I had no idea that, that that's what the intent of that was. You know, that's what the reason why those, those were, were there on the side of barns and stuff. You know, I, I didn't even know, but like, like once I, I figured it out, like, well, once I, I saw it, it was described, described to me, you know, I was like, oh shit. Okay. Though. Well, I mean, I guess that makes sense, I suppose. But, um, at any rate, like a like the Snellygaster is one of those uh, creatures that has actually like like been a, a, a pretty important creature, uh, cryptid in United States history. I mean, there was even a time where, um, okay, so at uh, I think it was 1909, where uh, the uh, the Smithsonian Institute actually offered a reward for the hide of this creature. It was like it was it was so popular and like you know there's so many people talking about it that like they actually said okay if this is a thing then we're going to offer a reward for for the height of this creature and even even uh the united states president uh, theodore roosevelt was actually interested in hunting this creature like i, I, I find that kind of wild you know? uh, yeah like, of course he, he was, he was a, he was an avid hunter you know and, and he was well, no he was known for that kind of thing you know I mean, that's imagine that as a Jeopardy question or something, you know, like this U.S. president, how do they do it? They always give you the answer. I don't know. Maybe not Jeopardy, but I mean, of course, if you're going to ask somebody which U.S. president wanted to hunt the Snallygaster, of course, it's Teddy Roosevelt. Of course oh, it is. Yeah. 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 If, if there's any out there, it would be him for yeah. sure. I mean, he was, he was legendary for, you know, going on hunting missions and stuff and going on African safaris and stuff. And actually, uh, there was an African safari that he was uh, supposed to have gone. Well, he did go on, but he was considering canceling it, uh, you know, to, to go instead hunt for the, the, the Snellygaster, you know? Yeah. But, uh, 
ah, man, what, how nice would it be to be that wealthy to where you're like, ah, what do I want to do this weekend? Do I want to go to Africa and hunt some lions or do I want to go hunt some snallygasters? <laughs> like, yeah, snallygasters. I've already hunted lions. Let's do the snallygaster this weekend, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, um, this cryptid was one of those ones that was uh, very sensational. It, it captivated the public. A lot of people were, were, at certain times, you know, were very concerned about uh, this creature, you know, that they believed it. A lot of people did. And that's why they started putting, you know, like I said, seven seven point uh, stars on their on the side of their barns and stuff to to ward the the cryptid away, you know. And uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, to me, uh, it's it's like I said, not just the name. I find the name very funny, Snallygaster, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's a I don't know, it's, a, it's just a, a a funny name in in particular, well, you know. If if you're gonna try to scare me with something, it needs to not have a name that sounds like it came out of a Doctor Seuss book. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, oh, that's a good point. It does. Like that does sound like it definitely came out of a Dr. Seuss book. I could be standing in front of it and it could be literally ripping my throat out and I would probably still be laughing at it. I'd be like, Haha, you're a fucking snallygaster. What a bitch. Yeah. You know? I'm not gonna take you seriously. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> Even while it's killing me, you know? Yeah. Though the first time I ever uh, was aware of this name or this this cryptid was actually playing Fallout, like we I think we mentioned before. And uh the but the the character, the the monster in that game, like doesn't look anything like a lot of the descriptions you you will hear of like the like the original descriptions of the Snallygaster, you know? Yeah. It looks very different. It just a very it's not different. the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It looks kind of like I don't know, imagine like a donkey, but it has no fur. Instead its skin kind of looks like Freddy Krueger's skin, and then it has a really long <laughs> neck, and then on the top of the neck is like a well, weird monster head. Mo like most of its skin kind of looks like a foreskin, but just like more like grayish green, you know. And uh, yeah, it, also it looks like uh, what is that little shop of horrors? You remember that? Yeah, the head, that like the that plant in that movie, like that, that's what the head looks like, you know. Yeah, feed it, me, Seymour. That's the one downside to the Fallout monsters is they don't generally they don't look anything like the real thing. For example, the Mothman in Fallout 76, it's just a giant moth. It doesn't look like a Mothman. It does not have the juicy glutes yeah. that we would expect from the Mothman. Oh, yeah. It's just a big giant moth. Yeah. I, I, as far as that game goes, though, I think uh, the Mothman is probably one of the closer representations of a cryptid. It's not spot on by yeah. any means, but it, it's eh, a, little more, a little bit more closer. Yeah, and the the Flatwoods monster is basically just like a gray alien, which we we did an episode on the Flatwoods monster a little while back. Uh -huh. That that would be a really cool boss for some level, like the Flatwood, that because it's just such a bizarre thing. But they just did a basically a generic alien that you sort of encounter once in a while while yeah. you're out in the wilds. It's still a pretty cool encounter, but it's not like I don't know. It's just a typical alien. It's not actually the Flatwoods monster, even though they're calling it that. Yeah. It's basically just a generic alien. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that was a, a quick little quick little dive on the Snallygaster. The Snallygaster. All right. Well, I will continue on. Then I'll, I'll do a couple more, and then I'll toss it back to you. Next up, I have the Loveland Frogman of Ohio. The <laughs> Loveland. Hmm. The Frogman of Ohio, yeah. So I, I actually, earlier I texted 
um, agent. Uh, oh, what did he go by? Um, my mind is going to blank. Um, agent lock. Yeah. Agent lock. There you go. I texted agent lock. I'm like, Hey, have you ever seen this thing? <laughs> He's like, no, I've never even heard of that. I was like, yeah, right. He's probably heard of it. He probably knows all about it. He's just playing coy. But <laughs> speaking of, he's actually going to move in a few days. And once he gets set up, I bet we could convince him to come back on the show. That would be pretty cool. Cause that would be awesome. Dude, he's got all kinds of stuff. Like we'll be having a conversation and he'll just bust out with like some really weird conspiracies. I'm like, dude, you have to come on the show. Like this is the kind of stuff people want to hear about. They want to hear this stuff. He's kind of shy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like being in front of an audience, but whatever, dude. We'll probably convince him to come back on. You know, he's he's got. I some, bet we can. He's got some really good opinions, and I would love to have him on the show again. We'll see. I mean, he was only on like one or two episodes, so I, I think know. it was two. Yeah, yeah, something like that. But anyways, the Loveland Frogman of Ohio. This is a humanoid frog creature that was seen in Claremont County, which is the southern. It's on the southern border of Ohio. They stand about four, three to four feet tall. The first sighting was in about 1955 by a traveling salesman named Robert Hunnicott. He was traveling at about 3.30 a.m. When he was driving, he saw three of them on the side of the road. He pulled over and watched them for about three minutes. They had gray skin, gray leathery skin. Their hands and feet were webbed. They had frog-like heads with deep wrinkles where hair should be. He was about to drive away when one of the creatures held a wand-like object above its head. Okay, okay, Toby, I'm going to need my arm back so I can scroll down on my notes here. (laughs) This guy, he's a silly guy. He likes to rest on my arm that I need to use for things. All right, so (laughs) one one of the creatures held a wand above its head and spoke The wand glowed and sparks came out of the end of it. Robert left when this happened. He probably freaked out, you know. The first thing I thought when reading about this is 1955. Is that long enough after we started doing nuclear shit for a creature to mutate and become bipedal? I mean, maybe. We we were doing nuclear shit in the 40s, so maybe that, I mean, you know, maybe it was long enough. I don't know. Maybe it was a nuclear yeah. creature. The most famous sighting happened on March 3rd, 1972, witnessed by Officer Ray Shockey. He was driving on Riverside Drive at 1 a.m. in the morning. His headlights illuminated a three to four foot long animal in the road that he estimated to be 50 to 70 pounds with, again, leathery skin. It crouched like a frog, but then it stood up before climbing over the guardrail on the side of the road. Two weeks later, a different officer named Mark Matthews saw a similar animal in the same area. And can you guess what he did? What? He shot it. Oh. That's what people do. And I just got to say, look, dude, if you guys ever see a cryptid, don't shoot it. Just let it go. Well, I mean... If you got, I mean, if if it's attacking you though, I mean, if you have a gun on you, if you have to defend yourself, then I I, I understand that. Obviously, if it's attacking you, obviously, but this was not attacking. It was running. And what if it's, what if there's only like three of them left 
and two of them are related. So you kill one of them and now you only got two siblings left and they have no choice. They can't get it on, man. They just got to go extinct. That's not cool. Don't kill them, man. If you see a rare animal, don't shoot it. Just let it go. Take a picture. Maybe I don't know. (laughs) Stop shooting cryptids people. It's not cool. (laughs) But anyways, he killed it. He put it in his trunk. And then he later showed officer Shockey who said, this was the same animal that I saw. Now it turns out this animal was an, a tailless iguana. Uh, okay. Well, I huh. looked, this is, i saw this on one website. I dug a little bit deeper and it turns out that all of the, this entire story comes from officer Mark Matthews. And it appears that he might have invented certain details of the story, such as the existence of the other officer who never has been on record. So this story might be a little suspicious because um, it officer Mark Matthews, he changed his story several times over the years. And this particular one is a little bit suspicious that maybe it didn't happen by maybe, I mean, probably, but eh, who knows? It's still a good story, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But anyways, that's the, the frog man. It's been seen a few times over the years, but it has, doesn't have a ton of sightings like Bigfoot or any, something like that. So it's sort of lean towards the, uh, maybe on the side of, urban legend rather than something that actually exists, but it's still a fun story. All right. Next up, I took a quiz while I was looking for this stuff. I found a quiz. What cryptid are you? You can Google this. You'll find several of them. So I took the quiz, which, uh, looked a lot like information, like they were fishing for information to find out, you know, try to figure out my passwords and stuff, which, It ain't going to work, guys. I got the best passwords. Nobody's ever going to be able to brute force them. You're not going to be able to social engineer them. My password's random as fuck. Yeah, I put a lot of effort into my password, so good luck with that, guys. But anyways, the the quiz I took was asking a lot of questions that had nothing to do with cryptids, you know. But anyways, I took the quiz, and it said that I was the bunyip. So let's do it. Let's do the bunyip. (laughs) The bunyip? What the hell is that? I've never even heard of that. I know. it's. I've heard of it before, but it's, again, it's pretty obscure. It's not like a Bigfoot or something. It sounds, it, it sounds like, a, like a growth on your foot or something. Yeah, like, like yeah, bun, yeah. Like it, a it totally does. <laughs> yeah. So the bunyip hails from southeastern Australia. Of course, because if, if something has a silly name, there's a good chance it's from Australia. It's something about Australian names They'll come up with these names that are like really cute sounding, you know, like oh, the they're fun. They're fun. Yeah. You know? They'll have like, you know, like bunyip has bunny B U N Y I P like bunny ip like, Oh, bunyip bunny. It's like a little bunny. It sounds so cute. And yet it's not, <laughs> you know, they have these cute names <laughs> for everything. Oh, it's just, well, I, I it, feel, yeah, go ahead. ETA. I, feel, I feel like as far as like a, a sense of humor goes, like the Australians, like they, they have one of the best sense of humors, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean? Like there's, there's, oh, yeah. there's been plenty of like comedians and, and just people I've watched like a, like podcast of, they are from Australia and the, they, they seem to have like some of the best sense of humors. Like they're, they're, they're pretty fun, they fun people, you know? Yeah. 
There's that, oh, where's that? Oh, there's that one stand-up comedian. I saw a couple of his specials on Netflix. I really, really liked, but you can only watch them really late because they are very, very obscene. Oh, what is that guy's name? It's been a while. It's been a minute since I watched his stuff, but he, he's, I don't know. He's probably the most famous guy from, from a uh, most famous comedian from Australia. I don't know. I forgot. I, I'd have to look it up. But anyways, yeah, really, really hilarious. They got a great sense of humor there. But all right, the bunyip, it lives in swampy areas. And this one's interesting because it goes back to Aboriginal mythology. The name itself. Oh, were you talking about Jim Jeffries? Jim Jeffries, that's it. Yes, thank you. Jim Jeffries, fucking yeah. hilarious. Oh, man, he's so good. Uh, 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 I mean, he, yeah, I know he's funny. He's also... Yeah, I won't get into it. He's he's been a bit of a hypocrite in uh, some of his stuff, but yeah, it's well, you know, uh, they all they're all hitting with miss, the you know, like well, with 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 the wokeness, you know. Yeah, I'll yeah. Just, I mean, I'll I'll leave, I'll leave it at that. It is they're all hit and miss. Like the, you know, I love Bill Burr, but I watched one of his more recent specials that came out in the last year or two. And it was pretty, I don't know. I couldn't get through the whole thing. I just turned it off. It's just like, Democrats do this, but Republicans do this. Oh my God, isn't that funny? I was like, no, this is not funny at all. But I mean, you know, it's all hit and miss. I'm more I'm more a fan of his stuff, his earlier stuff, which we'll yeah. just describe it as edgy and maybe leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, I mean, the dude's hilarious, and, yeah. and Jim Jeffries, that that dude is hilarious too. That dude has made me laugh for sure. You yeah, know? yeah. I just like some some of the stuff, like you know, I don't know. Sometimes I just disagree with some of the you know perspectives, I guess you could say. But you know, yeah, the dude is definitely a talented individual. You know, but like, uh, and then you know, it's just, I don't know. Sometimes you just like notice certain things, or it's like, all right, well, you know, this has kind of been already worn out. This perspective, you know. Yeah. And like, you're just like, I, I'm tired of hearing, hearing this shit, you know? Yeah. Speaking of talking about all this stuff, this woke stuff, there's one of the shows that I listen to on occasion is called nerd Rotic. He does a, it's YouTube. Oh yeah. YouTube, but he does a version for that. He basically takes his YouTube stream and puts it on a podcast format. And yeah. I'll listen was, to that. Is that the guy? Is that the guy that used to own like a comic book store? And yes. Like he's like a lot yeah. of the content he does is like like related to that, right? Yeah. And I don't I don't necessarily agree with everything he says, but he yeah. he talks about like stuff like what's going on with like Disney and all this other stuff and it's like why would you intentionally make bad stuff? So I'm just sort of more curious as to like what the hell's going on behind the scenes here and stuff. I don't know. It's really interesting, but he also has a podcast where he talks about like conspiracies and stuff, which is also like really, really interesting. So I, I was like, dude, this guy would be really interesting to have on the show sometime. So I, I'm thinking about like maybe sending him an email or whatever and trying to schedule some. Hell, hell yeah. I mean, I've seen some of this stuff. Yeah. Chances are he'll say no because he's got, um, you know, he's, he's a lot, his show's a lot bigger. He has uh, apparently about 750,000 subscribers on YouTube, which is, way more than i have like way more oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yep so but hey you never know it can't hurt to ask right so i think it'd be fun to have him on the show and have a conversation about conspiracies and stuff he's into like some of the ancient stuff you know like graham hancock oh. and that kind of stuff 
So, oh yeah, that's 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 my book right there, baby. Yeah, yeah I, if I'm, we had I'm, him on, probably you and him would probably take over the episode, and I would be on the back burner, which I'm I'm cool with because. You know, if people are having a good conversation, I'm more than happy to just sit back and listen rather than talk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But, no, I'm I'm super interested in that kind of stuff. Yeah. You should check his stuff out. They talk about this stuff. I forget what they call it, but he has his episode. So he has his episodes where they complain about like Disney and Marvel and stuff, which is like, all right, you know, same thing over and over again. It's cool. Whatever. Yeah. It's it's fine when you're like bored. And you're just sort of waiting in line or what you're not really paying attention to the podcast that much. And they have some good stuff, but mm. I really enjoy his stuff where he talks about conspiracies and whatnot. That's, that's some fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But all right. Well, speaking of, so let's get back to the Mongolian death worm. No, no, the bunyip. Right. Let me finish up the bunyip and then we'll get to the death oh. worm. Oh, okay. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. We went on this tangent with comedians and stuff. I don't know. I don't know how we got there, but anyways, so the bunyip. <laughs> I think I just said uh, it lives in swampy areas and that it was originally from Aboriginal mythology and the name translates into devil or evil spirit. So it sounds, you know, the root sounds like it's bunny IP bunny ip, but it's a, from a different language that means devil or evil spirit. So it has a completely different connotation in their language, which I forget what their language is called. I should have taken notes on that. Apologies. Anyways, the creature has a dog-like face, a horse-like tail, flippers for hands and feet, tusks, and a crocodile-like head. And you can, <laughs> it's, it's hard to reconcile all of those features. You know, you could hmm. look up artist depictions of it and there are many of them and, you know, they there are varying descriptions. I'll just leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. Uh, it's an aquatic creature, apparently. The earliest account that we have is in 1818. James Meehan and Hamilton Hume, who were explorers, found large bones in Lake Bathurst in New South Wales. The bones or skeletons seemed similar but not identical to like a manatee or hippopotamus, which probably shouldn't really be in that area. Like, I don't think hippopotamuses are hanging out in New South Wales. Anything's possible, but who knows? There are some more bones found over the years that were suspicious, but um, it wasn't until 19, not 19, it wasn't until 1845 when the Geelong Advertiser had an article about it that was like a magazine, I guess, the G-E-E-L-O-N-G, the would would that be G-Long or G-Long? I don't know. The G-Long advertiser had an article about it and they described it. And that's the first use of the name Bunyip. And they, who knows where they got that from? I would love to be able to find that original article, but um, I just didn't have time for this episode because I'm doing multiple cryptids. So we're not doing a deep dive into any particular one, but that would be really cool to see if they went and interviewed some natives and found out what the dealio is. But they talked about it and they named it in that article. And that's probably where we get the name from. Now let's skip forward a little bit into 1957, where we have a pretty interesting description from somebody who claimed that they saw it. It was a Mr. Stockquiller, S-T-O-C-K-Q-U-E-L-E-R, who 
said that he saw at least six of them on different occasions and made some sketches of it. Here's Here's a quote from him. Amongst the latter drawings, we noticed a likeness of the bunyip, or, or this is a, I'm sorry, this is a quote, quote from an article talking about him, not necessarily a quote from him. So amongst the latter drawings, we noticed a likeness of the bunyip, or rather a view of the neck and shoulders of the animal. Mr. Stockholder informs us that the bunyip is a large freshwater seal having two small paddles or fins attached to the shoulders, a long swan-like neck, a head like a dog, and a curious bag hanging under the jaw resembling the pouch of a pelican. The animal is covered with hair, like the platypus, and the color of a gl- and the color is a glossy black. So that's a little more coherent description. <laughs> the creature apparently has a uh, is a method of operation which is to lure people into the water and then eat them. My first question upon reading this is how can a creature that looks like a complete abomination lure anything? <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like that creature doesn't even have a great rack or anything like that. How are you yeah. lure me? What are you talking about? Like now know? a siren lures stuff. Hold on, excuse me. Got a apologies for the alarm. That's for the cryptids medications. I should have silenced that. But anyways, how does a creature like this lure anything? Like a siren has got like a nice rack and you know lures sailors who have been at sea for months and months on end and are probably, you know, pretty excited to see almost anything but yeah. uh something that looks like this abomination i don't know how do they lure stuff maybe hypnosis i guess maybe. i don't know uh that that's there's we can actually there's actually quite a lot more on this one but um i wanted to do multiple cryptids for this particular episode so i didn't go into more depth but to, to end this one, I guess there's, there is a horror movie about this creature that I want to see. I did not know that it existed. It is an Australian made horror movie about the bunyip and I have to watch it. It, that is, that is now on my watch list. I have to find out where I can see it and it, it will be done. That name is just ridiculous. Yeah. I love it. Bunyip. <laughs> what? All right. The bunion? No, the bunyip. <laughs> the the Paul Bunyip. Um, I gotta go. I gotta go give one of my cryptids his nightly medication, or it's twice a day, so it has to be spaced out. So I can't wait on it, unfortunately. But why don't you go ahead and start okay. on your um your death worm ETA, and then I'll join up in just a minute. I just gotta oh. give him his his little oh. medication there. Are you talking about the cryptid, or are you talking about my death worm? <laughs> 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 was, was that was that and, your nickname in uh in high was, school <laughs> the death yeah, worm yeah yeah <laughs> you know when i was in sports and stuff in high school they called me the death worm you yeah know? you did a, hey he played football and you did not want to meet him on the field that's i'll just say that much you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was also my stripper name too yeah yeah <laughs> you know at any rate uh-huh. yeah i'm gonna All talk right. about the uh the mongolian death worm and this is a, it's one of those, those tales that has been told for a very long time from what I understand, especially with the, uh, the people who live in this area in, in Mongolia, the Mongolian death worm. 
is a, a you know has been described as being a large intestine worm you know but it, it's also been described as basically something that is a kind of similar to like like the, the large sandworm that you've been you've heard probably described in the the book or the movie dune not that big though nowhere near that big i mean it's 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 uh minuscule compared to the size of that creature you know but uh so it's a it is a sandworm that resides in sand and and can also move along like underground and stuff and it has been described as a creature that typically is a around like like two feet tall or two feet tall, two feet long, and uh, it's red. It has no feet, has no limbs, and it, it's a uh, like like has a, a mouth, but it's not like commonly described as a mouth is like a normal mouth that you would think of, you know. So it's like it has like serrated teeth, like a in a circular pattern that surrounds the mouth, but it's a it's a worm though. I think. It's quite possible that if this is a real creature, it's probably more likely a, a snake of some sort. You know what I mean? Uh, some kind of reptilian creature, you know, that, that you know burrows under the sand and can somehow move somewhat fast under the, under the sand. So this is actually a creature that has been around for a long time. In the Mongolian uh, region... Uh, this is a, a a story that has been told for many generations. Um, so it resides mostly in the Gobi Desert, which is a very large desert. Um, and uh, there's a lot of nomadic tribes and stuff that will tell you the story of the, you know, the uh, Mongolian death worm. Uh, they have a word for it. I'm not going to try to pronounce it because I'm horrible, that kind of stuff. You know, so I'm, I'm not even going to try because I know I'm going to mispronounce it. So as far as the Western culture goes, um, the attention to this particular beast or cryptid, whatever you want to call it, was actually uh, originally uh, brought to our um, our attention by Roy Chapman, Chapman Andrews. And he wrote a book in 1926 called On the Trail of Ancient Man. And uh, he had heard from, because he had gone over to Mongolia and talked to different people and stuff like that, a lot of different nomadic tribes. And um, he was actually a, a paleontologist. Uh, so he, he wasn't just like, you know, nobody. You know what I mean? He wasn't just like that, you know, an average everyday person that was just going over there because he was interested in, you know, experiencing the culture, what have you. He actually went over there and he heard all these tales of that, like, quote unquote, monster. Right. And uh, there was a lot of officials and, and people that he actually talked to that said, like, they definitely knew that this creature existed. You know, um, and a lot of them said they had seen it themselves. Uh, they had seen it, like, attack different animals and stuff, you know. And, um, yeah, it was, it was kind of a crazy story. Uh, but like, uh, some people say that like what, what these, uh, Mongolian nomadic tribes were describing was actually, uh, um, what's called a, if I'm pronouncing this correctly, uh, a Tartar Samboa. So, uh, some people say that like, uh, they had a, a specimen of, uh, that Samboa and they, they showed it to some of these nomadic tribes and like, oh yeah, that's one. Yeah. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. We've seen it before. So, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where 
it may not have actually been encrypted. Maybe it was just a, a misinterpretation of what these people actually witnessed. You know what I mean? So, but it's, it's I don't know, some of the descriptions of, of this, you know, uh, Mongolian death worm, some of the things that, that death worm was supposed to be able to do was was basically like our so it was it was described as like a death worm that was extremely poisonous and like even just like touching it like it would kill you and it was also uh, described to have like certain abilities as well as like being like uh capable of like creating like electrical fields and like electrocuting you you know and um even like a so so when um when Roy Chapman Andrews wrote his book, he actually, uh, uh, that book, uh, The Trail of Ancient Man, um, he actually interviewed the prime minister of Mongolia at the time. And, and uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name, to be quite honest. Uh, his last name, I, I, I will attempt, right? Okay, so it's uh, Dam Bin Bazar. All right, that's his last name. I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm somewhat close to it. Maybe not exact. That's a heck of a <laughs> but, last name. Well, he has like four names. Like it's like Jalkans, uh, Kukat. I don't fuck. I'm not gonna try. It. I'm not gonna try it, dude. I'm just <laughs> anybody who's listened to this show before <laughs> knows that we are ace at pronouncing names. We are I the am best. Horrible at that if, shit. Yeah, if I know. There was an Olympic at pronouncing names. We would win the gold medal. I tell you what. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. At any rate, uh, the, the Mongolian prime minister actually, like, like himself confirmed, like, this is a real beast. Like, uh, this is a thing that actually is present here in Mongolia, you know. And he described it as being uh, shaped like a sausage, about two feet long, has no head or, or leg, and is uh, poisonous, you know, to the, to the degree where if you merely touch it, like, it's instant death, you know. You know, Damn. he 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 described it as um, you know it lives in the most desolate parts of the Gobi Desert. You know, which I mean, if it was a worm, you would think it 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 would need more moisture. You know, what I mean, I don't know. Like it's maybe it's not a There's, worm. Maybe it's a snake. You know, there are just there are so many sexual references right now. I don't even know where to start. Like my head's about to explode. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking Ew. about talking about worms you're talking about spewing forth poison you're talking about moist well there's a, there, it, this creature just, has even been described as being able to like spew like like toxic venom at a distance like like you don't have to necessarily go up to it and be close to it it, it could it could spit at you you know mm -hmm. <laughs> which reminds me of this one time but anyways yeah <laughs> like our, our female audience just left all of them all of the yeah. ladies <laughs> They're gone. Bye bye. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. <laughs> but, you know the funny. The funny thing about this this uh, Mongolian death worm, though, is there there has actually been multiple like different expeditions in Mongolia, like from people from the west as well as as uh, from the east uh, that have actually gone out there and like spent like good money trying to actually like find this death worm. Now they they haven't. You know, but, but like, it, it kind of like makes me, uh, it's, it's pretty incredible that like, um, like this much effort has been put into this. Cause like, to me, it's like one of those things where it's like, all right, well, uh, it, it seems like it's not like a believable story, 
you know, but like there was even uh, this guy in a, was I think in 1990, between 1990 and 1992, um, Ivan, uh, uh, here's, here's another one of those things, uh, Mac something. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that name correctly, but anyways, he, he, uh, launched an exp- expedition in this area and he even inspired by the book, the, by the, the Dune books. Um, he even tried to draw out this creature by by putting like a, on the surface of the desert like a, a rhythmic thumping. Like a, <laughs> yeah, <'cause, laughs> yeah. The fucking thumper worked at Dune, so why not here? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love yeah. the logic. <laughs> now it, it didn't work for him. They found nothing, <laughs> but they tried. Yeah, no know? shit. <laughs> <laughs> they probably scared away every animal in a 10 mile radius with that bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just find that hilarious to be yeah. honest. You know, like it's, somebody actually went there and spent money and thought that would work. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. But yeah, I guess that's the, that's the gist of, uh, the Mongolian death worm, you know, yeah, there's a lot more to be had there in the storage, not getting into too much detail. Yeah. yeah we're, we don't want to get, we want to do, do, uh, quantity not quality on this one because we want to talk about a bunch of these dude there are so many of these things you could probably do an entire podcast on just cryptids in fact there are well there are yeah there are are entire podcasts on just cryptids yeah absolutely (laughs) so we're we're not doing a lot of these justice we're just going over a quick little a quick little aperitif a little you know just a little little whiff of of some of these all right, next up, let's do what my, one of my personal favorites is the Fresno Nightcrawler. Are you familiar with this one, ETA? I've heard of it, I, I, but I'm not very familiar with it. Well, we have video. While I describe it, you might want to Google it and watch some of these video <laughs> videos on mute, okay, of course. I'm, I'm, familiar with, I'm, I'm familiar with Fresno. I, I know that area. I've, yeah. I've, I've been there before, so... Keep it on mute if you don't mind so that we can, you know, hopefully the audio doesn't intermingle. So, what is it called? What is it called again? The Fresno what? Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Yeah. The Fresno okay. Nightcrawler. Also known as the Fresno Alien. Generally, the witnesses describe this thing as being tall, thin, pale, and not having any arms. It has long legs and a very, very short upper body. When I mean very, very short, imagine <laughs> looks like like a. I'm sorry for the the term. It looks like a a, a retarded Gumby. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Imagine Gumby <laughs> if you cut him off at the waist <laughs> and made him taller and thinner and completely white. The fuck that? Yeah, that's what these. Th- yeah, that's what these things look like. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> now you see why this is my favorite cryptid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. Yeah. Hot dog. <laughs> this is a good one. <laughs> you know, there's there's some cryptids <laughs> that you're like, oh, that's interesting. That might actually be real. And there's some cryptids. You just, it gives you a really good laugh. You're just like, all right, that's. That's fun. I'm, I'm really glad I saw that. That was fucking hilarious. <laughs> no, it's kind of crazy because their legs, like the picture, the picture that I'm looking at right now, the legs look like twisted nipples at the at the very very bottom. It's like that's not functional. What the <laughs> okay. hell? Like, uh, that's, that's a detail I did not notice myself, but I, you know. 
I don't know, man. I, you know, I just, I, ha- I had to notice it, you know? I, I was looking more towards the crotch area to see if I could identify a gender. <laughs> oh, you would. Is it, is it packing? Is it, you know, is it, is it got uh, some sort of prosthetic no. under there? Or is it, you know, is, is it a lady with a camel toe? Or what's going on there, man? What's, what is this thing? Yeah. How do they give birth? You know? I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a, a bag of sand split into two pieces with a, some googly eyes attached to the top. <laughs> but it also is, is kind of uh, phallic in nature. How dare you? This is real. There's no googly eyes. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't look real fucking all, dude. What are you, what are you talking about, man? This, this, is, this is obviously a hoax. Like, you know, you all right. Like, oh, no, no. I find it funny. I, I, I disagree. I disagree, sir. This, <laughs> this is absolutely real. So, okay. <laughs> let's, Hey, let's tell, let's talk about the story, man. Maybe I'll, maybe all right. I'll, yeah. Let's get into the story. <laughs> then. Maybe I'll turn you around on, on this one. <laughs> it's possible. So, yeah. so the first sighting was from a gentleman named Jose in, 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 in Fresno, <laughs> California, who caught the creatures on his surveillance camera, which was looking over his front lawn. He heard a dog barking and he went to look at his CCTV his, his closed circuit television security cameras. And he saw two night crawlers walking across his front yard. They left some small footprints on the lawn that he was, he discovered the next day. But unfortunately, by the time investigators went to look at them, which it just blows oh. it blows my mind that investigators actually yeah. went. <laughs> I was gonna say, wait, there's actual investigators? Yeah. Like are you talking yeah. about law enforcement they, or like it, it blows my for, mind that investigators actually went to look at <laughs> look at these. What but, kind of investigators are we talking about here? <laughs> I know, right? So the investigators showed up and the unfortunately the footprints had been washed away by the rain. The original footage wow. is the uh, footage the original footage is unfortunately also lost. The only thing we do have is a bad quality recording of the security camera screen, which is kind of grainy and sort of hard to see. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why they did that. Mm-hmm. But who knows, you know, but um, there was another sighting on this thing, which was from a couple driving on Mart uh, on Mount, Mount Carmel no, on Carmel Road on December twelfth of two thousand and fourteen. They were driving, and as they were driving over a hill, they saw a seven foot tall, slim gray creature. One of the witnesses said that there was a perfect circle of green on their lawn, like not on their lawn, but like on their land, like in they, I guess they had a, a property with like a, a lot of land and on that land, I should have, I should rephrase that, <laughs> but whatever. So on the land, there was a perfect circle of green that was always green, no matter what, like year round. And they somehow associate this with the creature. I don't know if the, association is that perhaps this is where their UFO landed and somehow that made the grass green. It never goes brown, even when it's dry out, huh. when it doesn't rain. And it, the the assumption is here that they don't have sprinklers that are in a circle and pointing inwards. I don't know. That's a weird one. I don't know what to make of that. But anyways, here's a quote. 
On Friday night, we were driving home. After turning onto Carmel Road, which leads to our road, we went around the, we went around the curve by the Carmel Church and then up a small incline and approximately 10 feet over the incline and in front of our truck, the alien ran across the road and into the woods. There have actually been a handful of other sightings of this creature in that area, and it's also called the Carmel Area Creature. Pretty creative name there. And people think it's an alien. <laughs> There's also a sighting of, uh, of the creature in Yosemite, where it was captured on security camera yet again. You can find that online. And there's a, another one that was captured in Poland. You could find that one online as well. There's a video from Poland. And oh, really? um, my only comment on those videos is, go watch those videos if you dare. I dare you. I dare you to go look at those videos. Um, but looking into this one, this one actually is interesting because there it seems like there's a couple of different things here that might not be the same thing there there's one version of this that is very very obviously a hoax you know uh-huh. and uh-huh. then there's another version where you're like okay witnesses say they saw something maybe they did Let's say that these people are being genuine and they saw something weird. I'm not, who am I to say that they didn't? I don't know, but, um, maybe it's all just a hoax. The, the, the reason, the reason I like this one. So, oh yeah, go ahead, ETA. Well, I was just saying like some, some cryptids can also be mistaken for other cryptids too. Right. Like for, for just for example, like the Snellygaster, um, there has been a little bit of crossover there with like the Jersey Devil, you know. Yeah. So like the, there are some some comparison to be made there, and some people don't know what what exactly they witnessed, whether it was the Jersey Devil or the Snellygaster. They're not sure, you know. They don't know what to describe, you know. Yeah. But there's yeah there there are some people who have seen this thing, and it's it's not clear to me. Like there's some overlap there. You know what I mean. Hmm. But all right, let's get on to the next one. The Vegetable Man of West Virginia. The <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It, but yeah. I, I, saw the, I saw that name, and I was like, all right, I have to do this one. <laughs> You're like, yup. I was like, yeah. I'm running out of time to write the notes, but I'm doing this one. I don't have a choice. This one is going to be in the episode no matter what. Even if I have, even if we go on at nine o'clock instead of eight, it's going to happen. I have to talk about the vegetable man of West Virginia. And also, okay. I, I also want to say that West Virginia, if you're going to go, if you're traveling anywhere in America and you say, okay, I want to travel in America to go see cryptids, West Virginia, that's where this shit's at dude they have more cryptids per capita than anywhere else it's a cryptid hotspot oh yeah for sure and it's not that big of a of a state compared to other areas like if you want to say there are parts in california that are ufo hotspots sure but california is really big 
There are parts of Texas yeah. that are hot spots. Texas is really big. West Virginia, Huge. relatively speaking, is very small compared to like, let's say California, Alaska, Texas, you know, the big boys. So if you're traveling, you want to get the biggest bang for your buck. Let's say that, you know, you're, you're not wealthy enough to do this whenever you want. You only can do this once in a while. Go to West Virginia, dude. They have so many cryptids there. <laughs> your chances of seeing one are possibly better or not. Yep. It, it could be some people may interpret this as having a local culture that is more um, willing to receive certain types of, uh, I don't know, you might call them um, urban legends, you know, something like that. Yeah. That's another way of looking at it before you go ahead and waste your hard-earned money on traveling to West Virginia. (laughs) There's different ways of looking at this, but either way, there's a... Fuck ton of cryptid, crypt, cryptids. Damn, dude. Yeah. I can't, I can't talk tonight. <laughs> There's a lot of cryptids in West Virginia. So let's get to the vegetable man of West Virginia. In 1968, Jennings Frederick was hunting woodchucks near Fairmont, West Virginia. Now I've never been to West Virginia and I don't know. Is this a thing that people, what is a, what's a woodchuck? It's like a bird or something or well, no, no. The, the real question is how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could oh, chuck wood? Look at you. <laughs> you got me. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> that is the real question. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I actually yep. have no idea what a woodchuck is. I imagine it's something similar to a squirrel, possibly with a little bit more meat if somebody was actually bothering to hunt it. But so anyways, in 1968, Jennings Frederick was hunting woodchucks near Fairmont, West Virginia. He was about to go home. It was getting late. He hadn't caught anything. He was bow hunting, which might explain why he hadn't caught anything because it's a lot harder to hit something with a bow than it is with a gun. It takes quite a lot more skill. And oh, yeah. I, it looks I, like it looks like a woodchuck is uh I just looked it up on Google there. It's a groundhog. Oh, okay. Bas- basically. Why would you hunt groundhogs? They're so fucking cute. I don't care how don't hungry know. you are. It's it's a weird thing, I know, but we value cuteness when it comes to humanity. So let's eat stuff that's ugly, like relatively ugly, like cows, and let's leave things that are relatively cute like woodchucks let them be they're too cute to eat <laughs> well i don't know i mean i mean if you if you're gonna hunt something if you want it to be presentable it would rather be cute than ugly you know i guess yeah yeah i guess that's a good you know, point it might be a little tastier i don't know i don't know and and to contradict myself there are some very cute cows so there is that <laughs> apparently yeah. i don't know i'm not one of those people who thinks cows is cute but that's the thing that's out there go ahead and google it google cute cow uh i, I i'm actually making this up but <laughs> i'm guessing if you google cute cow you'll find something <laughs> well there's a, there's a lot of different tasty cuts of beef that's for damn sure oh hell yeah, yeah dude there's we just had um some top sirloin agent egg is very very picky 
but he likes grilled top sirloins. So we, when we get a cut of beef, that's usually what we get. I, cause like, I was like, all right, he's going to eat it. He's going to eat something that's not, you know, complete garbage. So I'll get that because I know he's going to eat it. But, um, yeah. uh, another tangent. All right, fine. Another tangent. Uh, when, <laughs> so I go to Costco I like to go there for gas because it's usually like a dollar cheaper a gallon or something. Yeah, it's, if you have a Costco membership. Yeah, it's it's nice. You know, you save some money and they, they also, they there's like, a, what is the rating? There's some kind of gas rating where it's like a certification that the gasoline is like certified to be clean and whatever. It's so, of a certain quality, yeah. Yeah, it's it's good quality gas apparently and it's cheap. So I go there and I was like, well, it's like a 10 minute drive from where I live. So while I'm there, I usually pick up a bunch of other stuff. And the thing about Costco is that they have prime beef. Usually, not mm-hmm. always, but usually. So I, I don't know exactly what that means, but pri- there's different ratings of beef. There's prime, which you can't usually, you cannot find prime beef in the grocery store. There's prime, there's choice. Usually choice is the best quality that you can find in the grocery store. And then there's stuff under that, which I'm not sure what the ratings are under that. But if you're going to buy a steak to grill, it's either going to be prime or choice and prime choice. You can get a couple of choice steaks for 10 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever. It's not that bad. Prime steaks are fucking expensive. Even at Costco, it might cost 50, 40 to 50 bucks, depending on what cut you're getting for yeah. two or three prime steaks. They're really expensive, but yeah, yeah. I was very surprised. I bought them once on a whim. I was like, all right, are they really that much better? And I thought to myself, there's no way, but I was feeling sort of, you know, adventurous. So I bought them. I was like, let's get, I've never had a prime steak in my life. I'm going to splurge and get a prime steak from Costco. So I bought some prime steaks and dude, there is a big difference between prime and choice. I will tell you that much big difference. Well, it depends on where you're looking at. Like, like what kind of steak do you like? Do you like a lot of, uh, like fat striation within the steak, you know? But, but like, uh, it depends on, like I said, how, like, like what you're looking for, like, uh, you can get a, a lean steak and then I, to me, like, like it, it depends on how you cook it, how you prepare it, you know? So you, you can get a, a steak that isn't necessarily the best grade of steak or whatever. You can still make it into a masterpiece, you know, you just have to prepare it right and cook it right. You know? Yeah. The, the main, like, the main difference for me is that when I cook a choice piece of meat it's it's a lot tougher it's harder to chew it it turns into basically like beef bubble gum where you're like i don't know if i want to spend the effort to chew this bullshit whereas like the the prime cuts they're like they're juicy they're more flavorful they're just they're (laughs) really fucking i always really surprised they are better so yeah they they definitely are better you know but like it's one of those things where like 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 my typical method of cooking a steak, any steak, is I I marinate it for you know uh, 
a day or so, you know, cook it, you know, keep it in the refrigerator, you know, in the marinade. Then when I pull it out, I'll, I'll, I'll take it out, wash it off, you know, and then put some dry rub on it and let it come to somewhere close to room temperature, you know, and then when, it, when I, my, my, my preferred method, and I, I ran out of this by the way, but I ordered some, uh, some beef tallow, some Wagyu tallow from Japan. Yeah, you know, I was I was getting super fancy with this shit. Oh and shit! So like, I I smoked that beef tallow while I was smoking some ribs, and uh, I put it above the ribs, you know, so it wouldn't like you know, get any of the drippings of the ribs, you know, because you don't want to, you know, mix pork with meat or with with beef, you know. I've you know, read, like, dude. Uh, I I've read in Japan they get serious about this stuff, like really serious about this stuff. They get super serious, yeah. for sure. And, wait, and there's can, wait, hold. Let me stop you there. Could we talk about this in like the after hours? Because yeah, 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 yeah. We're getting off on a wild yeah. tangent here. This is a very long tangent and we yeah. are already over <laughs> time here. So let's finish up and then maybe continue this conversation in after hours. For sure. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt there, but um, it's, it's getting late. All right. So let's get back to the vegetable man of West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> which I do have, I do have more stuff to say about beef. We'll talk about that later, maybe. But anyways, yeah. So let's give it. So Jennings Frederick again. He was hunting woodchucks, which sent us on this wild tangent <laughs> near Fairmount, West Virginia. He was about to go home when he heard a strange sound. He heard a high pitched jabbering, much like that of a recording running at an exaggerated speed, and that's a quote. Here's another quote that he said. Suddenly, there it was, a being with semi-human facial features, long ears, and a yellow slanted eyes. Not and a, but and yellow slanted eyes. Its arms were no bigger around than a quarter. Its body resembled the stalk of a plant in shape and color, for it was slender and green. It had seven-inch-long fingers that ended with suction cups, out of which thorns came. Wait, wait. Actually, no. That was not a quote. What? Um, the quote ended at, for it was slender and green. And then the part where it says, uh, where I actually put that on there. It had seven-inch-long fingers. This is sort of a summary of what he said. It had seven-inch-long fingers that ended with like a suction cup and then out of the suction cup, you had like thorns. So huh. it, there's a drawing, like a sketch that he made. And think of like a flower, kind of like a, I don't know, like a tulip or something. And there's sort of like a thorn coming out of it. I don't know. It's, it's really weird. That's a weird, that's a weird description because like, if you, like, as far as like func functionality goes, like, why would you have suction, suction cups if you have like, those thorny protrusions, you know, like, well, that, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, no, we'll get to that ETA. We will oh. get to that. There oh, okay. is, there is a purpose. So the creature spoke and it said, you need not fear me. I wish to communicate. I come as a friend. We know of you all. I come in peace. I wish medical assistance. I need your help. It didn't wait for any sort of response. It, but instead of waiting, it just immediately grabbed his hand and penetrated his skin 
with the thorn-like fingers and the suction cups went flush with his skin and it started sucking out his blood from from his hand? Started sucking out blood from his hand? Wrist? Uh, It it said hand. It didn't say wrist, but okay. (laughs) All right. Okay. This guy likes, this this cryptid likes to get freaky, I guess. Red streaks started to crawl across the creature's eyes and then they started to form like swirling patterns that hypnotized Frederick. At first it was very painful, but once he started looking into these swirling patterns, he became hypnotized and the pain went away. This went Hmm. on for some time how long i don't know but he didn't die so it was a limited amount of blood not all of it and when the creature was done it left turned around left and ran off and went up a steep hill and disappeared over the hill and after it ran after it went away frederick came too he ran away himself as he was running away to go back home he heard a humming sound that he thought was the sound of a UFO. So this, I really like the title of it, but I got to be honest, it sounds like a made up story in particular. The one, the one damning piece of evidence is that the number of witnesses we have for this particular cryptid is drum roll, please one. We don't have multiple witnesses. We just have, one one witness so it's a fun story but it's probably just a story that this guy came up with he was i imagine he was out there hunting looking for some sort of juicy animal to kill and take home for dinner he instead found himself upon some juicy mushrooms and then had uh, quite the experience Or maybe he was just a fan of science fiction. You know what I mean? Like, who knows? But it definitely sounds like a made-up story. It sounds a little too fantastic, you know? But who Mm. knows? Anything's possible. All right. I have one more cryptid that I definitely wanted to talk about. And this one is spelled A-S-W-A-G. And the reason I wanted to do this cryptid is... I'll admit it, it's a little juvenile, but it's because the name of this cryptid sounds like it's, you might say, Aswang, or you might say Aswang, you know, Aswang, (laughs) Aswang, tomato, tomato, you know what I mean? And I saw this one, which I've heard podcasts about this before, and I I was like, dude, we have to talk about the Aswang just because it's called the ass one, but it's actually a really pretty interesting one. So the, yeah. a- the ass wang is a shape shifting creature from the Philippines. It's sort of adjacent to like vampires. So the ass wang lives in the village, but at night they turn into an animal. So they, they shape shift. They turn into an animal, like let's say a dog or a pig or a cat or something and then they hunt for unborn fetuses and children, or they also might eat organs like your liver. Like this is not, I, I was reading up on this. I was like, dude, this is not a fun cryptid at all. This one's 
scary. I don't like this one bit. There's four main subtypes of the Aswang, which is the man and an gull, man and an gull, which is a woman by day, but at night her torso detaches. She grows bat wings and then flies around and does vampire shit. The next one is called the Tick Tick, which is a giant humanoid that is under the control of witches. It makes a loud sound, which is where the name comes from, the Tick Tick sound. And the further away it is, the louder it is. This confuses the victims because as it gets closer, it becomes quieter. My first thought was, okay, mathematically speaking, the further away it gets, the louder it gets. So if this thing is in the Philippines and I'm sitting here in my living room, it should be so loud that it shakes apart my house. So the math is not, it's not a pure one-to-one kind of a deal here. There must be some kind of curve going on. (laughs) <laughs> to the math with this particular one that's oh, i don't yeah. know the, my yeah just just in the math right yeah no. my my brain goes to weird places we're talking about a cryptid a giant human that eats livers and i'm thinking about okay but if you're further away it gets louder how come i can't hear it because i'm really really far from the philippines you know <laughs> yeah right a little too li- little too uh oh. literal there yeah and the next one is the Busa, B-U-S-A-W. It looks like people, but they live in cemeteries and they like fresh corpses. They like things like, you know, car crashes. I guess they'll go away from the cemetery and find a car crash or whatever. They'll eat the corpse, that kind of a thing. They, they, you know, when somebody's being buried, they might dig them up, stuff like that. The next one is the Bubu, B-U. B-U-U, which has bloodshot eyes, and it makes the sound of a laying hen at night, which I have no idea what that is, but huh. I imagine a hen that lays an in, <laughs> lays an egg at night, it's going to wake up, right? It's, it's fast asleep. Imagine you're a hen, and you're fast <laughs> asleep, and you wake up, and you're laying an egg out of nowhere. Let me just guess. Let me just guess. It's it's something to the uh, you know a, a, a something similar to like you know laying a a big old fucking like acorn shit like yeah. a, a pine cone. You yeah, know, you're just like you're like yeah. You, 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 <laughs> I was like, you're gonna wake up. <laughs> you're gonna wake up and you're gonna be like fuck, fuck, <laughs> fuck. hot, hot, hot. Hot, 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 hot. So, oh, that's that's what the boo boo sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> so those, those are the four major types, and it's it goes back. This one goes back a lot, many, many hundreds and hundreds of years. It, this is not a new cryptid. It's been there a long time. But the interesting thing about this one is there's not like a single description. Like if you look at Bigfoot sightings in the Pacific Northwest, they're pretty uniform. But if you look at sightings of this cryptid, the of the Aswang, 
There's a lot of them. There's quite the variety of them around. There's many, many different kinds of ass wangs, as you might expect. Um, yeah, oh, sure. Yeah. But they're usually female, and usually they kill and eat some part of their victims. It might be their blood. It might be their organs. Uh, it might be their unborn fetuses, and they might use a, a tube or proboscis to like get into the stomach of a, of a pregnant woman to eat Ooh. the unborn baby. And it's like this stuff, it's like, dude, I was having That's nasty. I was having fun with this, but like, dude, this, this just got really dark, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, Ooh, I don't know if I'm having fun with this one anymore. You know, like, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know, Rick, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. I don't know, Rick. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> this one got a lot less fun when you start talking about eating dead babies or, or living even worse <laughs> living babies. It's yeah. I don't know. Man. I don't know, man. This one got really, but anyway, so there, there is apparently a way to tell it apart from, from humans because remember it's a shape changer and it lives among you until night falls. And then it starts eating people or babies or whatever, whatever it's, depending on the type of Aswang. Aswang. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I just can't help but laugh. Like, yeah. It's a ridiculous name. <laughs> it really is. That's probably not how you really pronounce it, to be fair. <laughs> like Aswang? Like, that's what I, I, like, that's when I have, like, uh, you know, bad bowel movements after eating, eating too much Chinese food, you know? <laughs> yeah. I guess so. Yeah, it's and that I'm I'm gonna pretend that that's not racist <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. You know. Well, hey, if you, I mean, you gotta be well cause, balanced because you're not your talking. Diet, right? You're not talking about Chinese people. You're talking about Chinese food, right? Yeah. Well, and like like you know, obviously, like uh, Chinese food when when you you're you know in America, it's a different thing than actual Chinese food. It's not the same thing, of course. You know, it, it's it's uh, a you know. When I eat Chinese food, uh, it's a lot of it is uh, fried rice or steamed rice in uh, you know uh, General Tso's chicken and like Mongolian beef and stuff like that. Right? It's not very healthy, you know. Yeah. And if you eat too much of that shit, you know, you know, consecutively, like uh, too many days in a row, you you either you're either gonna have a a bad bowel movement or you're going to have, you know, uh, you're, you're going to have like some congestion there. You know I mean? It's not, it's not going to be good for you. You know? It's, yeah. You gotta, you gotta mix up your diet. You know, you can't eat one type of thing too often, right? You have to mix it up. You yeah. Know, you, you know, be I healthy actually, about it. You know? I actually have no idea what actual Chinese food is like. Yeah. My, my, uh, my closest, my closest idea that I'm aware of is like orange chicken. Do they even really eat that in China? I don't know. You know, probably like, not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yummy. It tastes good, but do they actually eat that? Uh, that's I can't imagine <laughs> they eat that on a regular basis because you would only live to 35 if you ate that fucking garbage <laughs> every day. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I don't know that, that. You know? You know what? I, I'm a testament to that. Because I'm more, I'm you know, I'm 39, about to hit 40 here, and I've I, I've eaten a lot of of that kind of food, you know, and I feel like I've I've uh, you know overcome those those limits, you know. You've adapted and overcome, yeah, and dude. now you can eat anything. 
Yeah, I have mastered my my uh, cuisine. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Let's get back to uh, how do we even start talking about Chinese food? I don't know. Maybe I should edit all the bullshit out. Yeah, I have no I idea. I don't fucking know. Maybe Who that's knows? for the the after hours. Yeah, but. Like, give me one minute. I'm going to go grab a couple beers here because I need uh, a beer or two here now. All right. Even though I've already uh, drank a couple beers. That might be the problem with this particular episode is I am a little more inebriated than than normal. Um, I went and got, uh, usually I'll have a beer or two, no big deal, but I went and got a pre-bottled, I was at the store and I saw across from the beers, I saw a bottle of monkey shoulder, lazy old fashioned. And I thought monkey shoulder. Well, that fits in perfectly with uh, our cryptid episode, I guess. I don't know. And it's an old fashioned, old fashioned cocktail made with blended malt, scotch, whiskey, and bitters. So it's like 35% alcohol and I'm drinking it like it's beer. So I'm a little, that's a lot, dude. That's a beer. No, it's it's like in a comes in a bottle. I just poured it into a glass and I've been drinking it like a beer. And I'm a little more mm. inebriated than normal. So you, you may notice that. As as far as a beer goes, a thirty five percent is epic. Like that's fucking that's crazy. No what the beer fuck, what, what is this called? No, 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 it's not a beer. You can't get beer to that beer stops at like if you're brewing an actual beer. Like 13% is like some of the highest I've seen. 13 to 14% is as high as you can get because that's when the yeast starts to die. But you cannot brew. It's not possible to brew beer. If you want to get higher than 13 or 14%, then you have to distill it in one form or another. But no, I was was saying that across from the beers, I went to to Safeway. Fuck Safeway, man. I, I hate them so much. They are so expensive. Dude, they, they're just like, oh, okay, you ready to check out? Okay, bend over. Here you go. They're they're absurd. If you go to a different grocery store, you can get something at a fraction of the cost, except their alcohol is really, really reasonably priced. <laughs> so really? If if you live in Santa Rosa and you live on my neighborhood and you want cheap alcohol, go to Santa Rosa. Or go to go to Safeway, which I'm I'm not gonna I don't like. It's not that I care that much. If somebody knows where I live, if you show up at my front door, I'll be like, "Hey, you listen to the show? Fuck yeah, come on in and have a beer or whatever, you know." But there have been a handful of strange interactions, like like we had one person who kept messaging us, like DMing us on Twitter, saying, "So." Anybody not familiar, if this is your first time listening, I'm married to Asian Ether. She is my wife. We have been married for a very long time now. But so somebody sent me private messages like to me, not to Ether, but to me, sent me private message. Hey, can you send me a picture of Ether? I want to see Ether. Hey, send me, send me a picture. I was like, do you really creepy. think, <laughs> do you really think a little, little bit creepy? I'm going to send pictures of my wife. To some random stranger, like, what do you, what planet are you on, sir? You know, like, I don't know. So there, there's been, this is, there's been probably like three or four things in this ballpark where I'm like, maybe I don't want my information being totally public, 
most people, like 99.9% of the people that listen to the show are like totally cool. I would love to meet them in real, real life, have a beer with them, whatever, hang out. It'd be great. I would love to hang out with them. Yeah. But there are a few outliers where I'm like, that person seems like they might do something dangerous, you know? So yeah. Uh, anyways, long story short, if you live in my neighborhood and you want cheap alcohol, go to the Safeway. <laughs> well, you know, and, and also one thing like I would love to do is like go to some of these like alien conventions and like like meet some of the people that uh, hopefully, you know, meet some people that listen to us. You know, that'd be cool. If not, just like like-minded individuals that, you know, yeah. are into the same things that we're into, you know. And like that would be a, a a a very enjoyable thing to experience. I think you know, like it just it would be great. You know, like it, they don't have to be uh, fans of the show, or whatever. And I don't expect them to be, but like that would be a, a great fucking thing to to you know to experience. You know, just just There's, to to speak with like minded individuals or into the same thing. You know, like I said. Yeah, there's one coming up, and I think it's in like a week or two. It's early, uh, early June sometime. I'd have to look it up. It's called Contact in the Desert, and it's in. I've heard of that one. Yeah, this they have it in various places, but this time they're having it in the Palm Springs area. It's not in Palm Springs, but it's like a little bit outside of Palm Palm Springs. Used to be a, a much smaller area, but it's become like this big suburban sprawl. So it's much bigger than it used to be. Well, there's a lot more people moving out into the desert there to escape like the big city and stuff, you know, people are trying to kind of escape California, but going out into the desert, but they're not going far enough, you know, it's always been sort of a retirement area, but yeah, yeah. As housing costs have gone completely out of control, it's Palm Springs has changed over the years. And well, that's I, a big that's a that's a big reason why people have been going out there is because as as far yeah as far as like California is concerned yeah the more east you go especially out into the desert and stuff where you have less like a job opportunity even if you already have a job that you can travel to what have you yeah the the, the housing cost is is just less less expensive and it's the same the same reason why I, I moved out of California you know yeah because. Yeah, I could just afford a house. Like I was looking, I was looking around in different areas, uh, um, and it just wasn't affordable. Yeah, you know? it just it wasn't what I was looking for. You know, and so I moved to Arizona. Luckily, I did before housing prices really kind of shot up at a certain point. You know, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm happy I made that move before it was less beneficial. You know, well, I don't want to talk numbers because you know. That's, but I mean, I remember you told me how much you paid for your house and I got to admit, I'm a little bit jelly because <laughs> well, it's a small, it's not a, it's not a big house. It's, it's a small house. It's, you know, it's but, big enough, you know, it's big enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause you don't uh, have kids. Yeah. So I was, I was definitely lucky, lucky that I, I, I made that decision before prices shot up. Like I said, you know, like well, it's, and it's, it's, it's got a, it's like yeah. a really good lot. It's like up a little, little bit of a hill, you know, it's got like a little bit of a view and it's just, it's a really good location. It's a yeah. really nice house. Well, it's, it's got a great view of view of the lake. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's, it's a, and it's, you know, I mean, it's not a mansion, but it's a pretty nice place for what it is, you know? But anyways, l- let's get back to the episode. Let's get, 
This should be oh, after, shit. This should be after hours, man. Let's get back to the episode. Yeah. We're, we're almost done yeah. here with this with this last cryptid here. <laughs> so, um, we were talking about the ass wang, and we're talking about how can you tell <laughs> if somebody in your village is an ass wang. So the telltale well, signs I, are. I kind of feel. I, I kind of feel like there was a couple of women that I grew up with that that should have deserved that nickname. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, hey. Well, you every, know, you know where we, you know where we grew up, dude. There was a lot of Asian people in, in that area, and I had no, yeah. I had no problem with it at all because I, uh, I'm a big fan of Asian women. You know, it's not. Hey, you know, uh, everybody's into something. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So but I there's, remember there's there's a couple different ass wings in that area. <laughs> should, I cut, should I cut that out? Is that offensive? I don't know. I don't, I even, don't know. I can't even <laughs> tell anymore, dude. I can't even tell. If that was offensive, I apologize <laughs> to anybody offended because I can't tell. Is it funny? Is it offensive? Who knows? At this point, it's anybody's guess. You know. Yeah, my bad. But, yeah, we grew up in um in Diamond Bar, which is on the 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 border of Orange County and LA County. It's in LA County. And it's it's where the 57 and 60 freeways meet if you're looking for it on a map. And I remember seeing in the student newspaper once, they said that the the student population was something like 37.9% white and 37.7% Asian or whatever, but it was nearly identical. That was kind of the cool well, thing about going to the well, high school is that it was a very, very racially diverse area with a ton yeah. of immigrants. There was a well, that a, was when incredibly that was when diverse. You grad, that was when you graduated. And what 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 year did you graduate high school? Don't worry about it. Okay, so I graduated <laughs> in two thousand one. Yeah, and from what I read uh, in two thousand one in that in that high school, when I graduated, uh, the Asian population was forty six percent. Wow, so it went up, huh? Yeah, it definitely went up. Yeah. So and I like I said, I had no problem with that. Like I, I definitely in like I had a, a bunch of friends, like like over half of my friends were were were, were Asian. You know, my good friends, you know, and, and th- these are people that I still talk to the, to this day. You know what I mean? So like it was like uh obviously like the women, you know, that you're in interested in, like it's it's a percentage thing, right? Like you can't help, but like these are these, this is just what is uh available to you, you know? Like it's you know it, it is what it is, right? Yeah. But but yeah, no, it's, just, it's a yeah, whatever. Get back to the cryptid stuff. I remember when I when I first went early on in my my community college career, there was I was in a, a voice class, learn how to sing, kind of a thing, you know, and um. The, the instructor, the professor was like, all right, there's an opera going on in Los Angeles and they're looking for extras that are minorities. And I was like, okay, I'll take a flyer or whatever. And she's like, dude, you're not a minority. I'm like, yes, I am. She's like, no, you're not. Yeah, there's, I'm like, yes, yeah, I am. Well, there's, yeah, there's <laughs> less white people here than yeah. anything else. Like, well, what, not anything else, but. What they were really looking for, which like, she's like, dude, they're not looking for you. Trust me. Which. It's like okay, let's let's go ahead and call call it as we see it. They were not looking for white people. They were looking for Hispanic people. That's what they wanted. <laughs> but but yeah. they said minorities. And I've been a minority 
I've been part of a minority population literally my entire life, no matter where I've lived, because the majority population literally means more than half, right? And mm-hmm. I've always lived in very diverse areas until I moved to Santa Rosa, which is actually the whitest place I've ever lived, you know, and I didn't move here until my 30s. So it's crazy. But anyways, let's get uh-huh. back. Let's, let's, all these tangents, man. This is what happens when I drink too much. Let's get back to the ass wang here. <laughs> so yep. we're talking about <laughs> how you identify an ass wang when it's trying to hide in your village. <laughs> there are a few telltale markers. For example, the ass wang has bloodshot eyes. Also, if you look at directly into their eyes, your reflection will be upside down. And if you want to see their true identity, what you could do is you can turn around, turn your back towards, towards them, lean over and look <laughs> at them upside down from between your legs. And, <laughs> and then, then you yell ass wang. Yeah. And that will reveal their true identity. <laughs> And just in case, just in case the person you're talking to is not an actual ass wang, you have to say, I promise I'm not smelling my own farts. Oh, God. Okay. Because <laughs> that would be pretty embarrassing. If you were, if, <laughs> imagine, imagine you're talking to somebody and then they turn around and then they... <laughs> <laughs> they look at you, they bend over and look at you through their own legs. And then <laughs> it's just <laughs> imagine that situation. <laughs> and then they kind of nod. They nod at you and they go, Okay, you're okay. You're all right. You can be my friend. You're like, what the oh, fuck dude. just happened here? And so <laughs> if I if I ever take a, a trip, a vacation to that area, I hope that happens to me. <laughs> yeah, to the Philippines. If I ever go to the Philippines, that's the first fucking thing I'm gonna do when I get off the plane. I'm gonna say hi to somebody. I'm gonna turn around, bend over, <laughs> bend over, point my ass at them and <laughs> say hello. <laughs> Be great, dude. Oh my god, this uh, this is too good. All right. Also, yeah, what were you gonna say, ETA? I think you might have I think you might have cut out there. But anyways. I, yeah, I think I did, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't hear you. Okay, so also they don't have ass wings, don't have the cleft below your nose. So you know there's there's a technical term for it, but you know, below your nose how most people have like that little that little cleft thing or whatever. That it's like that little line under your nose. The ass wangs don't have that. It's completely smooth, which I'm not sure I've ever seen anybody like that. So that would probably stick out. And they might also have backwards facing feet and reverse toenails. Like, <laughs> all right, now we're. This is, this is the most hilarious cryptid I've ever heard yeah, of. Like, this is. How. <laughs> How are you gonna how are you gonna fit in <laughs> if your feet are pointing backwards? Like somebody's gonna notice that shit, you know? Like <laughs> that's, yeah. that's we're talking about this goes back hundreds of years. Like they didn't have TVs and cell phones. Like nowadays, if we're talking about modern times, you could absolutely get away with having backwards feet because nobody's gonna notice. Everybody's looking at their cell phone all the time. No. But You're probably a protected class. But a, a couple hundred years ago, they're going to look at that. And they're going to be like, huh, 
your feet are pointing backwards. You must be an ass wing. We're going to like kick, kill you or burn you at the stake. I don't know how they even dealt with these. Oh wait, actually I do. I, it's in my notes further, further on two sentences later. So they're apparently the ass wings are susceptible to garlic, salt, holy water, pray, prayers, and a bunch of other stuff that make basically, if you can identify them, they're really easy to defeat. But their strength lies in being able, being able to blend in with the village. I guess assuming that your village has a lot of alcoholics or people who like to smell their own farts or whatever. I don't know. <clears throat> I like to smell my own farts. Yeah, who doesn't really? You know what I, I mean? mean? Your your own brand is always the best. You know. So if if you're trying to kill one of these things, you need to decapitate it and destroy its heart which I find hilarious because that will kill literally anything on the planet. So it's a good way to go if you want to kill something, I suppose. Yeah, that got kind of serious pretty fast there. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing. Like with this one, there's there's so much about this particular cryptid where I had a lot of fun, but then it gets like real dark real quick. You're like, oh, this is hilarious. But fuck, dude, they eat babies out of, they eat the fucking uterus. Like, are they babies straight out of the uterus with a proboscis? Like, this isn't funny anymore. This is crazy. It's like, yeah, it's one of those ones, but. Yeah. Eh, whatever. <laughs> but to end up, to, let's finish off the ass wang here. There's apparently a yearly ass wang festival over <laughs> in the Philippines. Um, <laughs> I would love to go to this sort to, to this thing. It's, you could probably find movies about it and whatever. It's, it's a cultural thing. You know, it's a, it's a real cultural thing. I didn't see yeah, any the, actual the photographs or anything like that, but there's, it, so, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah. It's, it's one of the things, it's one of the things for like, uh, that term ass wang. Is that like a lady boy tucking? You mean? <laughs> what? Let's, we're going to have to wait to after hours to talk about anything like that. So, all right. So that's the last one I had. That's all we got for you this week. If you want to hear, if you want to hear me and ETA talking about lady boys, I guess that's, that's the, that's the compelling premium content that people want to hear. You're going to have to subscribe to us on Patreon to hear that in the after hours, but all right, that's all we got for you this week. We appreciate you listening. Thank you all so much. We appreciate you and catch you next time. Would you, could I get a keep, keep it strange? strange. <laughs>